Welcome to Who Knew. We are fans of the current series of Doctor Who, and here we discuss our likes, dislikes, and insights into the modern regeneration show. Subscribe, review, and listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher, or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash whonewpodcast. All our episodes are on whonewpodcast.com. You can leave comments there, or email us at whonewpodcast at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram and Twitter account. Tweet at us at whonewpodcast. And find us on Facebook. Today's episode is episode 5 and 6 of season 4 of the Sarah Jane Adventures. We're doing Death of the Doctor. Sarah Jane Smith is played by Elizabeth Sladen. Daniel Anthony plays Clyde Langer. Anjali Mohindra plays Rani Chandra. So real quick, this is season 4. The last time we were visiting Sarah Jane was her wedding in season 3. You can listen to that episode on iTunes and wherever you get your podcast now. And the rest of the episodes that happened in season 3 were The Eternity Trap that involved a manor that is haunted. And then Mona Lisa's Revenge was the next story. And you can kind of surmise what happens with that. Uh, the Mona Lisa comes alive. And then yeah, I- what does she do? Does she get anything? This is actually the Mona Lisa painting wanting to like be a human as opposed to something to just look at. And mm. so the painting itself comes alive, not the person. And then the season three finale is the gift and that's where the Slitheen come back. And then in season four, it starts off with the Nightmare Man. And that is where Luke, as Sarah Jane's son, takes his, uh, the actor takes his departure as a regular cast member. And he is now going to Oxford University for school. Also in the Nightmare Man, Julian Bleach appears as the Nightmare Man. And we've seen him as Davros in season four of Doctor Who. We actually haven't really seen him. We've seen his presence. (laughs) And then he's also the ghost maker in Torchwood. So he's one of the actors that has appeared in all three Doctor Who shows at this point. And then the one before the episode we're doing now is the Vault of Secrets, which brings back the Alliance of Shades, which is the men in black from Dreamland, if we remember those guys with the guns for hands. It was the um, animated one, right? Yeah, the cartoon. Oh, oh, oh. When Unit informs Sarah Jane of the Doctor's death, she has a hard time believing it. This episode is written by Russell T. Davis, directed by Ashley Way, originally aired on the 25th through the 26th of October 2010, and part two got the highest views with 0.96 million viewers. Hi, this is Eugene. Let's introduce ourselves. This is Brian. Hi, all. This is Kelsey. I'm Josh. Hello, this is Auburn. Hi, this is Frank. Sarah Jane, Clyde, and Ronnie are video conferencing with Luke, who is off at school, when Mr. Smith informs them that unit soldiers are approaching the house. They go outside and Sarah Jane blocks them from coming onto her property. Colonel Tia Karam regrets to inform them that the doctor is dead and that DNA samples confirm it is him. A race known as San Sheath are presiding over his funeral. Though Sarah Jane does not believe Karam, they watch a message from the Shan Sheath explaining his death and agree to go with Unit to the funeral. They pack for the overnight trip, and when the car arrives, Clyde gets a static shock from the roof of the car. I thought Luke getting a sense of humor was great, that he's teasing Clyde about Sanjak. You know, this is the best friend I've ever had. <laughs> it's like, Luke's growing. Yeah. Luke is really having fun with that. He's becoming human. And you can see that the other two, Ronnie and Sarah Jane, are picking up on that, that he's teasing Clyde. So They, they used the unit Doctor Who theme, and I thought that was fun. I did wonder why Sarah Jane was so anti-unit immediately. I know she doesn't like guns, and that's a whole running thing with Doctor Who now, but she was at unit for years. I don't know if she was officially an employee of UNIT, but she was connected to UNIT for a very long time. But remember when she met Captain Jack? Too many guns. 
guns. Yeah, and she goes, I stay away from you and unit. I stay away from Torchwood and unit. So even then, she's like, no, I'm done with them because they've changed. And for them to all come, she's like, they're all coming here. It's like, okay, you stop. I know you guys. You're going to just walk over everything. It was just really quick. I, I kind of wish it was just like, oh, it's this is you're that group of unit. You know, you're you're the take charge, pull the guns out, and force people to do what you want. That's right all away. of unit in her mind. Seems to me, but it was what like, if the brigadier was... came out? If the brigadier came out, she wouldn't have reacted that way. Right. But that's him, not unit. It's not a department of unit. I think for her, it showed the strength she has of stop. You're not in charge here. To me, it didn't feel as abrupt. Is all I wanted to say. It's like yes, I could see that being abrupt, but to me, it didn't feel that abrupt because of what they did in the past. Yeah, I guess I just took it as um, I have my way of life. I have the way of doing things. These people just come in and muck everything up. And when Clyde had his hand of electricity, it's like I knew something was up, but it did not register because it's been a while since I watched. Yeah, I the didn't. Wedding of Sarah I, Jane. I <laughs> took that as something was up with the car. Like, oh, are they not really union? Is it, is it a disguise or something like that? Because I like, I couldn't remember. I didn't remember at that time that that leftover piece from the past episode. Yeah, it was just, okay, there's something interesting we're going to find out because it's Sarah Jane they're going to tell us pretty soon. Or he just put on a sweater in the winter. (laughs) Well, and the electricity was our familiar blue color. Yeah. Yeah. It 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 looked familiar, but I just didn't go with it. I didn't try and delve into it. I was just, this is Sarah Jane. You sit back and relax and watch it. That's exactly what I thought. I thought like, is that familiar? And then I thought, we're going to find out anyway, so just keep watching. Right. Yeah. Well, just, just the blue and also the fact that Sarah Jane was incredulous at the doctor's death. So I know as an adult audience watching this show that's more geared towards kids that... Something's up. Something's up. The doctor can't be dead. So this is like our first hint that there's something else going on. It was a little surprising uh, when Ronnie's dad said, sorry for your loss. She goes, no need to be. It was a little too much for me. A little too flippant. Yeah. 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 I love how it was also instantaneous. It's like, we hate to inform you the doctor's dead. She's immediately like, no. Oh, three of them work. Also, since these are shorter episodes, I think they have to cut to the chase a lot more with everything. Mm -hmm. Which is good sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, too, come to think of it, like, since, you know, she's an, she's an investigative reporter, so don't all of these episodes start off with things aren't what they seem? Like, everything that happens in the beginning is like, well, this isn't going to be what it looks like. When he got the shock from the thing, I was like, well, obviously, some they're not really going to be good guys, or they're right. not really going to be unit, or something's going to happen. Yeah. No, we can't have the TV characters learning a lesson. <laughs> I like that the Sean Sheath are, are vultures. Like, that made a lot of sense for the... Oh, I the, didn't even think the of the that. The creatures yes. that go and gather the dead. Really? I, did, I, I didn't even really? think of that. Really, I didn't, no, I didn't think of that. I thought of that Sid and Marty Croft. Or, they even... <laughs> yeah. The, um, was, was it her? Mr. Smith or no, Kareem? Uh, it was her. It was Kareem. Her, she even yeah, says, I mean, like, they go around the universe collecting fallen heroes. From Battlefield. Just like vultures will go around... Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I guess I was I, distracted by how cartoonish they were. They're well, they were hey, well done, but I thought it was... It was Sid and Marty Croft. Yeah, I thought... They were doing it for 30, 40 years now. Yeah, yeah there you go. Witchy Poo's henchman. Witchy Poo. Um, what was his name? Orson Vulture. It was just <laughs> that when I saw them, I thought... I had to remind myself this was a... Kids, kids show, show more so than Doctor Who. It reminded me of like no, but yeah, Skeksis from Dark Crystal. That's what they remind like the cleaner version of them, <laughs> right? And later when we see more, they all feel pretty unique. Like even um, not the same exactly, right? Like their necks are different and they, they have different, different hairs color and of jewels on yeah, their head. that was pretty cool. Because yeah. often we get villains that are like cookie cutter. Once you have one costume, I like, will say that whether it was the voice actor or the actor in the outfit, but that voice fit that face. Like like I just uh, I could. I'll put money down that that voice actor looked just like that vulture. (laughs) We'll get there. Um, 
an interesting conversation that happens in the beginning that I found interesting and um, not problematic, but just like made me think about um, that could be problematic was when Ronnie was talking to her dad and her the way that she reacts to the doc the news of the doctor's death is to go and hug her own dad and then be like never leave never go anywhere yet I'm gonna go run off with Sarah Jane bye <laughs> and I was just like see I don't take it that way at all I take it as somebody close to Sarah Jane has died and they're going to the funeral but someone has died that makes everybody reflective of all the people in their lives that's what Ronnie's doing mm -hmm. but at the same time now it's time to go to the funeral which everybody does and it's like you know the the Ronnie's going for Sarah Jane her father wouldn't go because you know it's too removed but I thought that was very natural you know she's gonna go and hug her father and then she's gonna go to the funeral for Sarah Jane I didn't think it was because they didn't know anything was wrong at this yeah, exactly there, there was, was nothing no wrong danger yeah this was just to. a funeral well I think it's the stuff that makes someone a companion most people can't handle all that stuff whereas if you're a companion and a successful companion you can handle it I mean, Donna at the beginning couldn't, right. but that was great that and she, she knew, knew that it. about herself. And she knew it. So that was great that she was strong enough to go, yeah, this isn't where I'm going to be. Uh, speaking of the companions, uh, the show started off with uh, Maria and Luke, and then she went off, and then it became, like, Clyde became the, the kind of breakout mm -hmm. character. And then now with Luke, uh, the actor leaving, they put more of a spotlight on the Ronnie and Clyde relationship. So I like that when they're in the attic listening to the message, Sarah Jane is very dismissive and just shuts the message off. But Ronnie's the one to urge her to play it and to stop and listen, to find facts. And then, uh, because it's mentioned in the opening sequence that there's an investigative reporter living next door. And it, when it cuts, it doesn't cut to Sarah Jane, it cuts with Ronnie. And so I think that that's nice that they're giving a young girl, in this case, more of an active role rather than a damsel in distress like yeah. we well, you're a replacement get. for the first girl but anyway I, I just thought that that was great that somebody younger was the one giving wisdom to stop and listen and then when they're playing the message the soundtrack that's playing underneath is a female vocalist much like the ninth and the tenth doctor theme from that era but it's not the same and to me it's not as good I was going to say, some of the effects, you know, like we were saying, as cartoonish as the vulture outfit was and the uh, puppetry was well done, the hologram looked really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll see more of the sand sheath, but I like the practicality of it. It mm -hmm. wasn't yeah. it wasn't like a CG Sladeen. It was clearly mm -hmm. a guy with the left mm -hmm. arm being his actual left arm, her yeah. actual left arm, and then the other right arm being the one controlling the beak. Yeah, it made me think of, you know, old school classic Who, mm -hmm. but done even better where it's not as obvious. Yeah, they hid the seams better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's the fun of the show. Yeah. Which is perfect for this episode, yeah. bringing back the two companions from yeah. that period. Yeah. Arriving at the unit base inside Mount Snowden, Colonel Karam escorts them to a room set aside for the wake. On the way, they run into a few Grask working in unit. Karam tells them that these are Grask, not Grask, who were stranded on Earth and become very helpful. They have built a rocket to release the doctor's body into space inside a lead-lined coffin. Privately, the Gross tells Clyde that he smells of time and Clyde's palm glows with blue electricity. Once at the wake, the Shan Sheath play harp music so the mourners 
can remember the doctor. The calmness is disrupted by a vase crashing as Joe Grant, now Joe Jones, and her grandson Santiago enter the room. Sarah Jane recognizes Joe from how the doctor described her. They bond over their travels with the doctor and neither believe that he is dead. So a couple things because we're going to get to Joe. The Grosk and the Grask are played by Jimmy V. Do we remember him? Is that Bacalava? Banacafalata. Yes. <laughs> and the Mox of Balhoon. And the Grask, which they're referring to, is from Doctor Who and Attack of the Grask. And also the Sarah Jane episode. Whatever happened to Sarah Jane Smith? Attack of the Grask? Yes. Is that a classic Who? Nope. That is... What uh, that? that, that was... Hold on, I'm going to tell you. It's a New Year's or holiday special, and it was an interactive kind of video game that you played with your TV in the UK. Oh, so it wasn't, a sh- it wasn't an episode. episode. Oh, but the Sarah I Jane one was an episode. Correct. And that's why that one was, I believe, red. And then oh, these, they were... these guys are blue. Okay. And then they mention Unit Base 5, located in Mount Snowden. We've heard of Mount Snowden before in Army of Ghosts, in the finale of Season 2, where Rose gets stuck in the other... Pete's world. Mm. They were the ones to get magna clamps from a crashed spaceship in Mount Snowden. And then in End of Time with the Immortality Gate, they also got that technology from the same ship. So they just... But do we remember the Immortality yeah. Gate at the End of Time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the same ship is from Torchwood. Yes, also Not, Torchwood. Well, yeah. But Mount Snowden is the tallest mountain in Britain. And then uh, right here, the colonel mentions that the brigadier is still stuck in Peru. So that explains that. And hasn't he been in Peru for a very long time? Since the wedding in season three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and who's on the moon base? Liz Shaw. That's right. That's That was the companion before Joe Grant. Okay. To the third doctor. Oliver and I were wondering why Martha wasn't mentioned. Because isn't she connected to UNIT? I think she did her own thing at the end of time, right? Not rogue in a bad way, but like her own bounty hunter, I guess. Also, I don't think many people knew about this since it was a plot, since it wasn't real. Yeah, they were only, these people they actually only targeted people. Really unit. These people weren't actually unit or they were they were She was. She was but, unit, but she was bad. I think it's um, because they're appealing to the classic who because they're mentioning all classic companions and Martha's a more modern companion. Yeah. So maybe then the people watching were like, I know what's happening to Martha. And would Sarah Jane and Martha have ever crossed paths? Did they at the, the at one the, where everybody, season four? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess a little mention would have been appropriate. Yeah, you could have just said that she was off on an assignment. In Peru. I <laughs> like the cartoonishness of the matte painting, just how over the top the top part of it was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the way that it connected to the actual world was a little rough. Like the tunnel and the bricks, and then right away you got into cartoony super lair. Which I think like Josh was saying, this is kind of going for that old mm-hmm. classic Who look. To me, you didn't have to do that. It could have been a little more smooth. It just knowing what they've done so far in all the different shows, you could have done that better. Mm-hmm. It could have worked better. I like the line where Sarah Jane says, I wouldn't even know his face. Yes. Yeah, yeah just her whole realization in those moments yeah. of realizing, oh my God, this isn't even the person I just saw who I was. I don't know who this is going to be. She she really had a lot going on in those moments. But I like how that led to Joe saying, you've seen him recently? Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a hard was conversation so. to witness as a viewer. <laughs> and they, Joe kept bringing it up like every time, every interaction with the three of them just made it sadder and sadder. 
And she did say, she did say he said he would Mm -hmm. see her again. I also like that she's probably, well, maybe Liz, but she's probably the only companion who could say this line and mean it. I tried calling you, but you were gone. So she had called Unit and Unit said he wasn't there anymore because he had regenerated into the fourth doctor and took off. So it was like, it just felt right. Yeah. It made sense. I did like Joe saying he must have really liked you and not in a self mean way. Right. You know, like he doesn't like me as much as you, but he must have really liked you. He came back. It wasn't like... It was honorable. It was like she said that in such a great way. It wasn't... It was so sad. It wasn't the way Rose and Sarah Jane first acted with each other. Right. Yeah. Well, they were trying to one-up each other. This one was instantly a connection between the two. Yeah, the first time it was an accident. Yeah. The first time. The second time was like, oh no. She's like, when I saw him last, she's like, wait, you saw him? Yeah, yeah. And then the but then the first time, wait, there was more, you saw him more than once? (laughs) Yeah, they did a really good job out of build of... I don't want to say building the world because it was already built, but laying out how the world is built with all these things that we're talking about. It, it really makes the world that much more robust. Yeah, I did like the I montage of memories. Yeah. Showing mm. the second and third doctor. Yeah. Because he was in the three doctors for Joe's memories. That's right, and the first and the doctor. First, when she was in the three doctors, and then also seeing the third and the tenth and the fourth, which had to be there for Sarah. And it, did Sarah seem saddened or was she not believing her when the colonel said, no, he's been injured. You can't, don't want to see the body. You really don't want to see it. So she, she accepted I that. I think that's when she realizes that. She won't know who it was. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It, 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 it also felt like maybe she's starting to believe it's real. Yeah. Like it was just. Yeah. yeah. And then she, I think she thinks it's real, starting to think that it's real. And then she realizes I couldn't even identify, you know, I right. couldn't even recognize him anyway. Yeah. It's like, let me see for myself. Well, that well, may like, not mean anything because mm-hmm. he won't look like that. But when Joe came and they both had the same feeling he's like oh right. good there's somebody yeah. who backed up that feeling yeah. <laughs> yeah that conversation I really enjoyed between Sarah Jane and Joe it kind of made these people real instead of like fictionalized sci-fi characters where uh, Sarah Jane had that earlier conversation with Luke uh, video conferencing saying that she would feel if the doctor actually died and then repeats it with Joe and then Joe says yeah I have the same feeling that when the doctor died I would know it just he, made that he, even if he was as far away as Metabelius three, mm-hmm. and that's a reference to the third doctor. The third doctor went to Metabelius, tried to get there, tried to get there, tried to get there, and finally got there. But I like that it's bringing like emotions to these these characters that serve like one purpose to like help the doctor or to be exposition for the doctor. And I think that's why I really enjoyed the the Sarah Jane adventures as a show. It just addresses like what happens to these companions that have been like left off of the show in classic Who, where in the modern show, it deals with those repercussions of traveling in the TARDIS and what that does to somebody. Mm-hmm. I also I, thought the, the actress who played Joe mm-hmm. did a really good job, you know? I, I don't think a lot of these companions who are really young 40 years later could do as good a job as she did. I really, you know, I bought the whole thing. I also liked how her her storyline after she left the doctor followed how she left the doctor mm-hmm. way back mm-hmm. when. She fell in love with that environmentalist and at the end she's in love with him so she stays with him and here we find out that they got married and had a bunch of kids and grandkids. Yeah. Plus Joe's going all around the world to stop environmental atrocities atrocity bad things yeah you know so she's rescuing the amazon rainforest they're protesting oil rigs and things like that that very much carries on from joe's last episode with Mm -hmm. the third doctor she's she's basically just like sarah jane just globally planet slice yeah planet side 
and that was a that was a very nice thing to add because Joe was not three dimensional in the original stuff. I mean, she she's a good character and she's fun, but Liz Shaw, who we mentioned earlier, was the Doctor's third Doctor's first companion, and she was a scientist. She had a PhD and really was like they they literally got rid of her because she was too smart. They couldn't have the exposition. You know, they, yeah. she couldn't say I don't know what it is because she's a physicist. You know, and so they brought in Joe, and Joe is very much like what is it? I don't know what that is. Oh, doctors, you know, save me. And then she'd be like, I didn't need saving. I could have gotten out of it. I liked how uh, Joe and Sarah, like they they weren't the same. They were very different. You know, Joe had a huge family, 13, coming on 13 grandkids, where Sarah was like without a family until the beginning of this show. Even though their motives were, were very similar, like I liked how they were not the same person. They had very different stories. Yeah. So do we remember Joe Grant in the Terror of the Autons episode that we did? No. Well, she was the companion to the third Doctor Is in that episode. Is she the one who crawled her only role in that episode was crawling through the... No, that was Sarah show. Jane. Sarah Jane oh, okay. with Tom Baker. It was the yellow daffodils. The master. The when he shrank days. people. Yes. Which is back. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Relevant. Hmm. I remember. Was it the one with the trash bag monster? No. The, the plastic. No, the, the plastic, plastic chair. 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 chair, yeah. Which, yeah. Oh. Which looked like a trash bag by oh, the end yeah. of the Wow, because I don't remember Joe at all. She looked very so. similar in that same kind of haircut. Blonde, still. It, it, that, that's kind of Joe. But Joe was a damsel in distress needed and to explain things. Because she was just there to be, since Liz was gone, well, here's an, a woman that could be your assistant. Got thrown into it. So the doctor didn't like her at first. And she was like, no, I'm more worthy than this. Well, the brigadier assigned her to the doctor, and the doctor said, I don't need an assistant. He was resentful of that. Mm. But he, so he, treated, we're talking about. he treated he treated Joe the way men treated women in sixty six or 67 you know a bit dismissive and don't get hysterical but joe hey, also <laughs> yeah but joe did have i mean back in the day you would say you know joe was spunky she had spunk and the doctor was okay he was okay <laughs> with spunk <laughs> but i like how uh, the actress that plays joe grant cat manning she comes back into that role very quickly where billy piper said she needed to rewatch episodes so i enjoyed that and how she comes uh, how she gets introduced in this episode is that the shan Sheath are playing the harp to give Sarah Jane the uh, flashbacks and the memories back. And then it's interrupted by Joe dropping a vase. And I, 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 it's like, that's kind of good character continuity because that's kind of what she was with There's the third a part doctor. of me that thinks she was doing it intentionally. Me too. She was trying to disturb oh. it going, he's not dead. Yeah, but I like that that's how, oh, that's who she is. And then she's kind of bumbling over her excuses of why she <laughs> dropped it. And... Speaking of that, she's uh, accompanied by Santiago, her grandkid. Do we remember who that is? Mm -hmm. I do, I do, I do. The actor that Should plays I? Santiago Jones is Finn Jones, who plays Danny Rand, the Iron Fist, and Loris Tyrell from Game of Thrones. All right. Oh, okay. He blowed up real good. It's like he's like 16 here, maybe. He glowed up. He's, he's <laughs> young. He's very young. Later in their room, Sarah Jane and Joe try to figure out what is really going on as the kids go to get drinks. On their way, they see the Grosk again, who says he is coming and runs. They pursue the Grosk through ventilation shafts. Clyde sees the Shan Sheath through a grate playing the harp again. He overhears their plan to extract the memories of the Doctor from Joe and Sarah Jane, which will kill them. Clyde's hand glows. 
alerting the Shanxi to their presence, who then try to catch them. Clyde, Ronnie, and Santiago run to get Sarah Jane and Joe. I like that they put that the wake, the cradle, was just a ruse so they can play this harp and to see who has the strongest and best memories that they can use. Yeah. I kind of like that as the definition. Of okay, so the harp music, whatever that is going through them, is what they're going to be using. And it's like, okay, this one's strong, that one's not, that one's not. This one's going strong, so they picked I, up on Joe and Sarah Jane. I also like that they did do that quick line to explain who these other people were. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, oh, they're just soldiers of units. Like, okay, I can see that. You mean the people at the funeral? Yeah. And it's just a throwaway line, but it needed to be there. Otherwise, it's like, who, who yeah, are who you? Are they? Yeah, because I was right before that line, I was thinking, I was like, oh, who are the other people in, yeah. in the room? It's like, all right. I, yeah. I like the unit base with the largest ventilation shafts and grates. <laughs> I wonder how they came up with that idea because yeah. it was very innovative. <laughs> <laughs> with the arrows, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, but, that was funny. You, you even mentioned we were watching it and they were like, we're trapped. And you're like, except for this human sized ventilation shaft. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Where they might Joe as well be Jeffrey's tubes. Yeah, where Joe and Sarah are remembering together in that room, the grate is right between them. It's just a, it's just huge. I do like that moment though when, uh, oh, it's too soon. Never mind. I'll wait. Do we see the rocket yet? I th- yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. The X-15. That reminded me of like the Thunderbirds. It mm. just looked like a facility that had one of the, the rocket ships from Thunderbirds. I think it's Thunderbird 1. I don't remember. That's what it reminded me of. Well, I think it is kind of funny, though, that like they went through all this expense and, and effort to build a rocket to send this one man into space for his funeral. The whole, whole big production. Well, it's a doctor. Yeah, I know. But also wondering it. if the cross, you know, they don't know. So the colonel just told them this is the reason they're building the rocket. I know. It's oh, just yeah, kind of funny that all that was done and like i said they had to really sell it yes they had to fool sarah jane smith and she's not easily fooled that's right um i like that the grosk uh has a bigger role in this episode i, I like wish that, they had a name but that, that yeah oh well, yeah An individual they didn't they little grosky or whatever grosky is what they nicknamed him the, the one with the Wayne pizza grosky. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah the one with the pizza right <laughs> I, I, that always reminded me of newt's yeah. Dan and uh, Alien. Absolutely. The Sean Sheath come out at night, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you put her in charge, man? <laughs> <laughs> That's Santiago. <laughs> I thought the pizza was nice because it reminded me that we are still on Earth. Like the whole unit base with the space, uh, with the rocket and with the Grosk. You know, so much uh, out of out of Earth stuff is happening. Like, but it was good to remember. Like, oh no, this is all happening on Earth. The Grosk have been living here, probably have their favorite pizza place, probably, and of course is prepared for whatever. The delivery guy gets to Mount Snowden. Like, ugh, you, your turn to go up there. <laughs> I did like the line where they said, well, well, why did you bring us here then? It's going to get cold. <laughs> While listening to the music, Joe and Sarah Jane are in a relaxed, hypnotic state until it abruptly ends. They leave the room and run into the kids. Clyde starts speaking with the doctor's voice, saying that he is 10,000 light years away and he is tapping into Clyde's residual Artron energy so they can switch places. Suddenly, the blue light covers Clyde, and the doctor takes his place, leaving Clyde alone on an alien world. The doctor confronts the Shan Sheath about stranding him on that planet and lying about his death. They apologize about stating his death prematurely and shoot him with an orange energy beam. Rest in peace. <laughs> 
I like that we have a little bit more of the Doctor in the first part of this episode as opposed to how much we had of the 10th Doctor in the first part of this Wedding of Sarah Jane Smith episode. Yeah, he has like one line. And then that's it. Yeah, this and this time, one they have a full conversation yeah. where it's like, is it really you? It's you. Oh, it's you. Oh, what is it? I just enjoyed that we had more of Matt Smith in this episode because he's, of course, going to be in the second episode. Right. I like the transition of Matt Smith's hand yeah. right next mm-hmm. to Clyde's hand. Great. wait a minute. My hand's not white. And I think it was, It was it practical? Yeah. Did yeah, they have totally him there and just put his hand there, or was it or digitally put in? No, nah, it looked nah. odd. It, looked it didn't right. look. It didn't look practical to me. But why yeah. wouldn't they do it practical? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. why. Yeah. Why wouldn't why they? Would. Yeah. Well, exactly. That's why I thought, did something go wrong with that shot? Well, they probably had to uh, put the camera a certain way and light it a certain way because there's someone hiding there. And the sun, you know, so. I thought the doctor's hand, like the geometry of it, was a little bit off. So that's what makes that me could feel be, like could be it was reaching through. Yeah. yeah. That, okay. But I like the whole gimmick of it. I, 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 it felt very Doctor Who-like, and, and uh, it's a very fantastic gimmick even though there's a lot of really fun stuff going on in this episode that was the thing that really like uh, up the um up the adventure and the fantasy of it and stuff and then you know Clyde turns into another person and then Clyde's on a planet like it, it became even though it, this was a lot of fun when that happened it became very exciting I thought it was very much Michael Jackson black and white yeah <laughs> that's all I kept oh, saying yeah, when I saw it yeah. I kept singing that song in my head yeah with the morphing yeah <laughs> those few years like that ah. was the new technology of morphing oh the morphing like that. yeah. that's why that video had that can you remind us where this would have aired in the Doctor's timeline? Oh, crap. I wrote that down. I don't have it. I was looking for that. I knew it was At the come end up. of the first season. Okay. Or season uh, uh, six. Season, uh, season five. That's right. Yeah, that's right. He knows they're married. Okay. They're on their honeymoon. Okay. He said they were on their honeymoon. Okay. So, yes, that would be after the Big Bang. Okay. End of season five. Okay. Although it's not their honeymoon, it's the planet's honeymoon that they are oh. on. <laughs> oh, really? But it's also there. The planet's well, their honeymoon was on the cruise ship. I'm just, I'm just. Yeah. That was part of the. But yeah, yeah he, the the planet had just married. The asteroid. The asteroid. Oh, yeah. I didn't catch that. And, and then this would be before they aired the Christmas Carol, which we just did. Okay. Right. I did catch a little bit that I can't remember who it was. If it was Sarah Jane or Joe Grant, who seemed a little upset that he was traveling with a couple. We're almost there. All right. Um, when Clyde is speaking with the doctor's voice, is that Matt Smith's yes. voice? It was hard to tell. They did a very good job dubbing that. Okay. I say that saying that I actually expected to see the 10th Doctor because I felt like the delivery reminded me more of the 10th Doctor. I wonder if you thought that because all the flashbacks they showed of the Doctor were not of Matt Smith. Could have been, because yeah, Because been Clyde well. had only seen the 10th Doctor in the wedding episode where he got the Artron energy. So maybe that's why like that visually didn't... Yeah. Right. And also yeah. this was written by Russell. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was, yeah. Speaking I of that, kinda... this marks the first and only time that Russell has written for the 11th Doctor. That's oh, pretty that's cool. Interesting. This is the that's last cool. thing he wrote for it, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Here's the part where they're talking about uh, the Doctor meeting old companions, and he mentions that Joe is the baby, but now she's been baked. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. That yeah. was harsh. Well, yeah. that's I know. funny. But, but that convinced funny. Joe, yeah, that's him. Yeah. <laughs> because Joe thought that he regenerated into, into a, a baby. baby. Mm-hmm. Which was funny also, yeah. because mm-hmm. Matt Smith is like the youngest yeah, Doctor. Right. So, real quick about that line, because that made me go yeah joe looks like she's had work done or a cat cat man really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh i didn't think so and uh she was in a car accident where back then in the 60s there were no seat belts in cars so uh oh, they, they were they're just tucked underneath the seat 
Well, I guess not in the one she was <laughs> she was uh, riding in. Uh, she was thrown through the windshield oh. and the plate glass window. So she's had um, constructive surgery, and uh, she sustained uh, broken ribs, and her legs were smashed, oh and her gosh. back was broken, and of course stuff was done uh, to her face. So she spent uh, almost two years in and out of the hospital. So and by having worked any man, like she didn't look. She like, like she, she did when she was on the show earlier. Yes, because right. if you look at um, Elizabeth Sladen in her time on Doctor Who in the 60s, and you look at her on her time in uh, Sarah Jane Adventures, she just looks older as opposed to having worked on like Cat Manning does. I guess when you said worked on, I was thinking like plastic surgery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean like plastic surgery, you make yourself look younger. Well, there yeah, that, you that's older. why I well, started I to it explain it. Yeah, yeah. no, thank you for explaining because I was like, I did it think it looked like she had worked on but yeah, so that's, I understand yeah. now what you meant on that strange world Clyde is standing near a device the doctor built and zap they change places again saving the doctor as the energy beam stops Clyde runs away with the others and they hide in their room but now Clyde is gone the doctor is back. He grabs the hands of Sarah Jane and Joe and the trio transports to the alien planet, switching Clyde to Ronnie and Santiago. Joe is sad that the doctor never came back for her even when she tried to contact him. He explains that with his last regeneration, he went back to see all his past companions and proves it by telling her about her life and future grandchildren. Together, the three of them are able to fix the device so they travel back to Earth without trading places with Clyde. So now we're in a quarry, but they make it different colors, so it doesn't look like a quarry we've seen over and over again. And I also like that they mentioned it was a battlefield, so that gave him things to work with. Yes. And I don't know if the planet or just that location, but it's called Crimson Hearth. That's I think that's what they called it. Huh. And I, that's, I took it that's why it was all reddish. reddish. Right. Yeah. yeah. I only caught this last night when we were watching it, but now it's probably my favorite moment in the entire episode. When they're when they're running away from the Shanxi, the doctor runs past Sarah and says, Come along, Smith. And I only caught it last night and I just thought it was the funniest thing. It's like a it's a throwback or it's Come a, along, Pond. Yeah, it's like his normal thing that he yeah. says. The eleventh doctor anyway. But I like how he mentions uh, his last regeneration and he went back to see all his past companions. All of them. So in the end of time, when he's visiting everybody from the Russell T. Davis era, I think we mentioned this on our episode that he went and visited all the companions he's had at that point. And here it's confirmed that he did. So I enjoyed that. He also mentions it as the last time I died. You know, oh. So that was definitely something that Russell brought to it. It's not just a regeneration that is a death. You know, and so mm. he's continuing that since Russell wrote this. It's sad back in the classic, you know, but it was a rebirth was still going on. New series that it is a death of one type of character going okay. on to another. I really like that scene between the two of them because she seemed pretty darn nutty through the whole episode and it really showed a, a good part of her humanity and uh, who she is as a real person between them and the feeling you didn't just leave me you did come back at one point yeah yeah that's you know there's a bit of redemption there from when she was upset from earlier but it made her seem more like a real person than kooky aunt or grandma joe but it also was again sad i mean it was different back in the classic she left to go get married end of story they needed a new companion they didn't make a big thing of it but this was wait a minute you have a married couple i mean i didn't have to leave we both could have joined you but I'm... you didn't want me th-. you know it just it made it a very uh, sad mm-hmm 
aspect to it. I, I still see it from a character point of view where, yeah, she says that. You mean, oh, oh we both could have, a married couple could have gone in the TARDIS? But we've seen that episode. She wouldn't she wouldn't have taken her husband into the TARDIS. They had too much work to do on Earth. But Your it was point. more of her memory of, you said you were going to come back. You never did. Oh, wait a minute. I had a choice back then that I didn't realize I had. Yeah, but you did. You know, that that's <laughs> the sadness was. Yeah. It was like, she wasn't thinking it at the time. Yeah. But it's like, well, because you were coming back. So it wasn't that big. But yeah. now you never did until now. And wait a minute. That wasn't, I didn't have to leave you know, for that reason. You could have taken both. It just was sad that yeah. the realization. Mm-hmm. But she did have a good life. But the, the line that Joe says right here that really got me was, did you think I was stupid? And mm-hmm. I just love the way she delivered it. It like really hit all the emotional levels. And then it, that's where uh, it, it it's mentioned that she called from the Amazon and then they said that the doctor had left the unit. And then the doctor proves her wrong that he did look into her life by referencing um, her, her trips in the Amazon and the river. Her kids, mm-hmm. her grandkids, yeah. and other grandkids on yeah. its way. On one hand, I did find it very touching, but on the other hand, I also felt like he still left her in the dark. Uh, it is it is a very, you know, it's too bad Arlene's not here. It is a very egotistic thing to be like, well, I checked in on you and I saw you were okay. So I felt it was okay to then move on. But Joe was, you look. I that's, understand. That, that was the yeah. nice part about how no, Joe took I, I, I'm not negating like, that. I'm you just, did look. I'm adding... I'm not forgotten. So that I thought yeah. was nice. Yeah, sure. You know. <laughs> okay. Here's, I'm not here's beating you early. up. No, 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 I know. I'm just saying that it is a very egocentric thing to be like, well, I saw you were okay, so everything's fine. And I just did not hear him talk that way. Oh, he didn't talk that way. He didn't say it that way. He I didn't, didn't say, say that. Didn't he that felt way. like he was giving her exactly what she wanted to hear, and maybe she was. And I think as we as viewers who are not under the doctor's spell can see that. Yes. But in this case, like with Sarah, Joe was disappointed. Oh, he came back to you twice. But now that she's with the doctor, it's more of, oh, yes, you you looked at me like it gets a little groupy-ish, like cultish here with the doctor and his two female companions like on this planet. Um, I even think like only because we, we just saw an episode of The Bachelorette. The Joe Joe says, uh, "Did you think I was stupid?" Which brings the doctor to her. They're having their conversation, and then during their conversation, Sarah Jane whistles. Like uh, I don't know if you guys have watched them. it. She interrupts their alone time to right. get back to her, right. which is a, a a feature that happens on the Bachelor Bachelorette shows a lot during the cocktail hour. I don't remember that specifically, but I always thought that the doctor is fixing the machine. He walks over to Joe and has the conversation, but I thought Sarah Jane started to work on the machine and she yeah. calls she calls the doctor back not to not to come back to me. Oh no, and I don't think Auburn's saying that that's what's happening. He's just saying it reminds him. Oh, okay. Like it's like that it kind dynamic of playing like where that. these yeah. two women are pulling the doctor and he He's enjoying going along with either side. Yeah. They're both making show. him feel very important. Yes. Oh, I missed you so much. Oh, well, I saw on Facebook you were okay. Yeah. <laughs> that really stuck in your craw, didn't it? <laughs> A little bit. Okay. Well, because I think we would all hope if we were companions for any amount of time and we leave the doctor and we say, will I see you again? And he says, yes. Hopefully it'll be before we've had 13 grandchildren. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll say this. Uh, I think it works really well. Like, this is the character. Like, I'm not negate. Yeah. I don't think they should have written it differently. I'm just, 
it's an obvious. Arlene's influence has, has affected me, and I, right. I, I see these things. So. And what I liked having Matt Smith here rather than Tennant, if she were to be with Tennant, is that Matt Smith has a little bit more of that third doctor rapport with his companions. So he's going to say, yeah, that's stupid at the end of all this. And she goes, well, there we have it then. <laughs> so it was how they, as a third doctor and her, interacted. He would still dismiss or put her down in a somewhat joking fashion to get her more involved or motivated or something you know he would always it was a different like way it, of how he did it back then you know back how you it said was almost it like then. he but was Matt pushing Smith her to be better right but Matt Smith can say that he deals with that type of thing with Amy mm-hmm. and how they banter so it was a little bit more of that and that worked with Joe it didn't work with Sarah Jane when Tennant came along that wouldn't have been the same dynamic she was more with the fourth doctor who did it a little bit but not as much they had a different relationship so I like that it was Matt Smith who able to do that because he did with Amy can do that with Joe and that Joe knows that's how he interacts with me. This is good. This is normal. I felt, I think I even said this, David Tennant and Elizabeth Sladen, when you watch that episode, seemed to have like known each other all their lives. It was instantly Sarah Jane and the Doctor who had known each other, even though David Tennant never worked with her. I felt that Matt Smith connected in that way more with Joe than with Sarah Jane. Not that it was bad, but it was just, maybe it was because you're comparing in your head. We've seen a different Doctor relate with Sarah Jane, um, but I thought he really connected with Joe very very well and he connected with Sarah Jane fine not bad you know and if Joe wasn't there and this was just Sarah Jane it would have been fine but you know you just watch school reunion and you're like oh look at that they're back together and you watch this one and I feel oh look at that they're back together with Joe that's how I feel about it almost like maybe just and this may just be me um reading into it but Joe was the companion of this episode who needed convincing that that was still her doctor whereas like Sarah Jane is like oh I've seen you with a new face I don't need to be convinced that you're my doctor whereas like Joe is like I'm not still not sure about that that, that this is my doctor but then they have that moment and she sees him almost change back into the doctor that she traveled with now she's like oh okay you are my doctor I'm convinced now yeah that's good and while this is going on with the adult actors and characters, I like that we flash to the other on planet side that uh, Clyde and Ronnie are comparing their lives with Santiago's life. So I like that we get this kind of quiet time with both sets of characters mm-hmm. and how um, Santiago says that he hasn't seen his mom in six months. And then uh, we mentioned earlier, like Clyde and Ronnie would do these amazing things and then come back home for tea or and say to their parents, oh, we did nothing because they actually you know, they can't tell their parents what they're doing. It was nice to give them a little screen B, time. B or C plot, mm-hmm. you know, just to make them a little bit more three-dimensional. And that, no, not everybody thinks lives like this are perfect. Mm-hmm. You get to go there. You get to go there. You get to there. Dude, you just went to space. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, but he broke the law. When he got transported to that planet, he was he was breaking the law. Because the Jadoon, when they met up with the Jadoon, forbid Clyde from leaving the planet. Clyde was earthbound and had to stay earthbound or he would be arrested. And so when he clicked <laughs> over to that other planet, it's like, I hope the Jadoon's not around. But he didn't do it on purpose. Did he say that? Yeah, but he's still there. No, he, he didn't. Irrelevant. Karim <laughs> <laughs> locks the kids in their room, but the Grosk breaks them out through the vents. He takes them to an area where they can hide, but Karim sees them on her monitor. She raises the temperature, planning to kill them as a lure for the doctor. The doctor, Sarah Jane, and Joe arrive back in the base and hear the kids crying out for help. The doctor crawls through the vents, but Sarah Jane and Joe are captured. The doctor frees the kids, and they all go to the funeral room, but it is sealed shut. What a terrible time for the doctor to be without his sonic. 
I find it very uh, funnily TV convenient that like, well, that there are convenient human-sized heating filaments exactly where he he has his room set up. and That's how he keeps his pizza hot. Oh, well, that's a good point. Maybe that's why he chose it. All right, there you go. We logiced our way into it. It's a new type of air conditioning heating unit. Right. You can do section by section right. with the ergo. And he, of course, chose the, the, the spot that is the most dangerous to set up camp with his Christmas lights. I was surprised that Colonel Karam could hear the conversation that Ronnie and Clyde were having through that, what looked yeah. like a yeah. metal or steel door. So There was a lot of that. Well, that's Sound, part of you. But it was they make good. it look big yes. and thick, but no, they want to hear, so yeah. it's but the it's here. actually good setup for what happens later yeah. in this episode. So when that happened in the episode, I totally bought it, because I'm like, well, yeah, those doors are paper thin. Right. <laughs> you can hear right through them. <laughs> The doctor brings up the ventilation, going, oh, ventilation shots again. And I was thinking, what, the arc in space? And I wanted him to say and tease Sarah Jane about that. Oh, I can't, I can't. Because <laughs> <laughs> that episode, she was trying to get through right, and just right. it. I also really like the moment where he's choosing who to save. And, you know, and I was right there with him, too. Like, you know, he was definitely debating back and forth. Like, you, you have to save the kids. It's just, just, yeah. it's just what you have to do. And But I could definitely see him going through that whole process. And, Their lives are more imminent peril. Yeah. You know, but I like the colonel. Yep, save the universe or save the kids. He's doing the wrong choice. <laughs> and then while they're crawling to the sh- the ventilation shafts, is uh, the doctor's going backwards and the that's Clyde's funny. going forwards. Yeah. That's, that's great. And then that's where Clyde asks the doctor all these questions. Right, like, right. They're like... Um, how many times can you change? And he says, 507. <laughs> this is a joke because those numbers add up to 12, a Time Lord's official number allowed of regenerations. And then he mentions, can you change color? Do you always have to be white? That's what it is, yes. So I like that too. These and are nice am- questions. And his he answer? says, do you always have to be white? And he says, I can be anything. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like it. Well, I liked having the eyes to the window of the soul. I mean, I thought the eyes would be the same. Right. You know, I liked that little bit that Clyde had. I mean, oh, he changed everything. You know, this is the one thing that I thought you'd, I would be able to recognize. <laughs> That's something that I wouldn't expect Clyde as a teenager to say. So that was a really nice touch to show, uh, I guess, how mature he is. Mm-hmm. And then uh, earlier when the colonel is listening and she figures out that the kids know what's going on and she goes, they're not a bunch, they're not as daft as they look and they're a bunch of ASBOs. We are, we mentioned that I think in school reunion where ASBO stands for Antisocial Behavior Order and that's something that they uh, implement in the UK. And they also me- and she also mentions the Brady Bunch. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that. When did she? What's the, the line? same? The same thing. Like the Brady Bunch isn't as daft as they look. I think. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. But I did like that. Sarah Jane said, "Back up," because she has the Sonic and she's taking charge of opening up the vents. And Joe going, "You have the Sonic. You should go next." You know, logical ways of thinking. You know, there's no pretense. There's no um, self-importance. Mm. It's like, no, we're all here for doing the same thing, and we're just saying this is what's going to work best. So I like that. Inside the room, the Colonel and the Shan Sheath have the TARDIS and strap Sarah Jane and Joe to a device called a memory weave. Extracting the memories of the Doctor from their minds, the device can create a tangible key to the TARDIS. Once they have access into the TARDIS, they can use it to go back in time and stop death from happening to all those they have buried. The device starts to pull the memories out of the two women while they try to fight it. The Doctor and the others try to break into the room but are unsuccessful. So basically, this memory weave is a 3D printer. (laughs) (laughs) I liked that idea of the memory weave. I do too. But it just seems so simple. Like, we're going to get these people, extract their memories to create a 
tiny key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I like that it's called memory weave. Yeah. Like when you weave something, you're building something. Mm-hmm. So. But it also seemed like they told them to think about the key, and it's one of those, yeah. don't think about a purple elephant kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they yeah, had to, yeah. and they were locked on it, and the memory was just taking that information out of their brain. You know, And they were fighting it, so that's what I think was part of the struggle to kill them. It's like, well, we know they're going to fight it, so that's going to kill them, no problem, but we have to take that, that particular memory. And it's smart that they said, or they set up this whole ruse of a funeral so that they can think about the things they want them to think about. Right. Mm-hmm. The... The headpieces were a little cheap, like as far as production goes, and, and on, an, on the two women. On the two yes. women, yeah. In an episode that felt really, uh, really valuable, like really high, high value in the productions. But I did like the clockwork orange feel of as the women were remembering and couldn't yeah. stop themselves from remembering. We just needed the little eyedroppers. Yeah, especially <laughs> Joe. I mean, she was she was into it. Yeah. I'm thinking about the headbands now because you brought them up. And they, now that I'm thinking about them, they actually fit with the classic. Especially after doing Warriors of the Deep, where there was uh, pipe cleaners used at the end, end device, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I thought it was interesting. They gave the Shanshith the depth of saying they were so weary and tired of seeing all the pain and grief. And it's just everywhere. So it was a little bit more of a noble feeling of, no, we can go back to all those other battlefields and stop this from happening. But then it's went a little bit further going, and the whining and the crying. So then they got a little bit more, okay. Yeah, you're doing this just so you get the bugs you. But I thought it was an interesting take on it. Were these rogue, like, Sean Sheath? Or were yes. they? Yes. yes. Supposedly. At the end, they say, yeah, they were rogue, but, you know. If they were so altruistic with their wanting to take the TARDIS to stop wars, they wouldn't have threatened the lives of these people right here. Can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. I guess. Oh, I see well, what you did there. The needs more. of the many outweigh yeah. the needs of the few. <laughs> so, they're, so they're not they're vultures, not volcans. Oh. Volcant. <laughs> yes, I'm done. I like how Sarah Jane explains um, why the Shanseeth and other races can't have the responsibility of tar- traveling in the TARDIS. Right. Um, it felt like a very doctor reason that she gave. Like, it's something that the doctor would have said. But I like that she says it. It reminds me that companions who travel with the doctor after a certain amount of time, they, they almost turn in. Yeah, they get it. I don't know, because what was the reason that she gave? Does anyone remember? <laughs> I don't remember well, the you words, just, you can't but... just change history because you want to. You know, that's why you can't have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to know what the colonel lost or who the colonel lost. It was, you know, well, why are you doing this? We get what they're doing it for. And she goes, there's nothing left for me here now. And you just see the loss. I want to know what happened. And we never learned. But she delivered it well enough that it got me go- sympathizing with her a bit. Going, okay, what happened? Yeah, and I would I would hope if this was a Doctor Who episode instead of a Sarah Jane episode, we would have gotten more of her backstory because right. we did have three leading women, and yeah, the the Colonel we she did good when she was on screen, but she didn't really get much of that depth. Yeah, you know, for the rest of it, she was like, okay, you're the bad one, and we got it, and that's because of being the Sarah Jane. Yeah, we just need somebody to be the bad person at this point, so they had a strong woman, but this gave her. A, just that one scene gave her more depth. She did mm-hmm. it really well. I agree with you, Frank. <laughs> I like that moment, too. It showed the respect that Russell has, even for his kid audiences. That he's, yeah. yeah. It's not going to just... You know, when I saw he wrote this in the beginning, r- r- thinking that through, anytime it took sort of a, a turn where I was like, oh, I don't know about this. I'm like, he'll be fine. <laughs> Russell wrote this one, and it'll come around, and it always did. 
The doctor yells through the door for Sarah Jane and Joe to let go and give the device all of their memories. Everything, every detail of their extraordinary lives. Their memories begin to overload the device. Consoles begin to explode and the weave begins its auto-destruct procedure. Sarah Jane gets free and releases Joe. They run to the door but can't open it from this side either. Joe mentions how ironic it is that the doctor's funeral will be theirs instead. Suddenly everyone remembers the coffin in the room is lead-lined, and it may protect them from the blast. Sarah Jane and Joe jump into the coffin and close it. The memory weave device explodes, killing the shansheath, smells like chicken, Colonel Karam, <laughs> and blowing the room's doors off their hinges. The doctor and the others rush in and find Sarah Jane and Joe fine in the coffin. Smith and Jones. We get them back. That's the thing that Russell uh, always wanted. He wanted. He liked those two names, last names, and so that's why he had Martha, Martha. Jones and Sarah Jane Smith and There's Mickey Smith. Mickey Smith. Mickey Smith. Yeah, Martha's first episode because of um, uh, John, John Smith, Smith. and uh, Martha Jones. So it's Russell putting in his touchstones. That I don't know. To me, they don't uh, call themselves out with a spotlight, but I like that they're there because they're familiar and they remind me of like a nice place I used to live. <laughs> well, I'm glad they didn't. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't say it in the episode because Joe is, yeah, she's Joe Jones now, but we all know her as Joe Grant. Yes. So if they had called it out in the episode, it would have been like, wait, her name's Grant. And and the other thing is that she married a guy named Jones in her last episode, The Green Death. So it wasn't like Russell oh, he, wrote, oh, okay. wrote that she had married somebody. I just assumed he just threw that no, in No, and I think that's very convenient and like he picked up on it and he ran with it. I love that. It's like four beats of the the heartbeat of a time lord. He just got lucky. <laughs> I did like that. You know, the doctor just seconds before Joe and Sarah Jane realize it. It's my funeral. It's my funeral. He doesn't say anything else, and they pick up on that going lead like often. <laughs> you know, so they both get it, and they all kind of come to it around the They're same time. They're smarter than me. I didn't get so, it. <laughs> but it was nice that you know they own that they are companion material. They are they own it. And then to me, this ties back into uh, what we did with the end of season five and that memory is a powerful weapon. Mm. So he's using the memory weave as a weapon instead of the weapon against him and to get access to the TARDIS. He's now using it to overload the, the memory weave. Memory Stop weapon weave. Uh, and, and in that flashback where they're overloading the, the memory weave, we see like even a bunch of the doctors, and then we see even um, stuff that the Sarah Jane Adventures has gone through. And one that stuck out to me was the flashback with the clown. Mm. Yeah. And the clown is uh, Bradley Walsh, who plays uh, Graham on the new show. Oh, really? Oh, really? No way. I did like that they had Santiago tell his grandmother, Joe, remember all the stuff you've done because of this, all yeah. the places you've gone to. So yeah, it made me all wanna, of your like... memories that were somehow connected to the doctor and just focusing it in. Like, there's a lot of memory for those two people. Again, I'm glad that the doors and unit are so paper thin. Otherwise, the scene would have been a That's lot more right. difficult to happen. That's <laughs> a big boom. <laughs> the doors are still there. The doctor opened up communications to the room. Yeah, so why were they still shouting through the door? He, he started shouting, but after he turned on the intercom, he's at the door whispering. Like he... With normal. With a very, like, low voice. The doctor uses the TARDIS to transport everyone to Sarah Jane's attic. He says goodbye to them and heads back to Amy and Rory. Joe and Santiago head off to Norway. Clyde and Ronnie ask about other previous companions, and Sarah Jane confesses she has searched for TARDIS on the internet and lists off those from the past who continued to fight to make the Earth a better place. With all those people carrying on in the Doctor's name, can he ever truly die? 
Yeah, I like that Sarah Jane went through all those different companions. Do you know if are all of those yes. actual companions? Thank you for asking. I, I'm particularly interested in the professors that haven't aged. Like, so starting off with stuff that we've done, mm-hmm. uh, Tegan Jovanka is fighting for Aboriginal rights. We saw Tegan in the two episodes we did with the, the Fifth Doctor. Tegan, both of them. Yeah. She was the flight attendant. She was the eighties, yeah, kind of dress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ben Jackson and Polly Wright are running an orphanage in India, and they were with, I believe, the First Doctor, and then with the Second Doctor for like an episode or yeah. two. And then Harry Sullivan, who we saw in Ark in Space and Genesis of the Daleks. Harry is said to have worked with vaccines and saved thousands of lives. He's referred to in the past tense by Sarah. Harry was previously implied to be dead in the novel of uh, The Wedding of Sarah Jane Smith. The actor that played Harry is uh, Ian Martyr, and he died in 1986. And Harry was traveling with Sarah Jane and the doctor. Right, yeah. He was the unit doc, medical doc. Well, he was the doctor. He was a naval doctor. And then now, Ian and Barbara Chesterton are professors at Cambridge, and according to rumor, haven't aged since since the 1960s. This suggests that something they encountered in their travels with the first doctor caused them to stop aging. Okay. So they were the very first companions with the first doctor and his granddaughter. And they're teachers at Cole Hill School. Susan's school. Hmm. And And we, we were joking, going... Last night, it was like, well, we don't know any reason why they wouldn't have aged. And then it was like, well, they're still traveling with the doctor, so they're just popping in and jumping out. around. <laughs> and then when they left, they left in 1989. <laughs> it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so they didn't age much from before, from 63. A companion called Dorothy is said to have raised billions of pounds through her charity, A Charitable Earth. As the charity spells out these words, Ace... This is likely the se- seventh Doctor's companion. Hmm. With a baseball bat who beats up Daleks. Right. And they made that, they made that canon mm. recently. That's good. Because they ha- they're releasing the seventh Doctor's season, one of his seasons on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. And the Blu-ray commercial starts with showing a charitable Earth Foundation. And it goes into the chairman's office. And you see a woman standing next to, looking out over the big city. And she turns and it's Ace. Aww. I do remember that now. It's like, oh, that's so awesome. And I think the name Dorothy was in her first yeah. episodes, the serial. I think it was uh, Dragonfire. That's her real name. Yeah, but yeah. she never goes by that. She goes by Ace. Because her yeah, her uh, origin is very convoluted. And eventually she was supposed to become a Time Lord if the show had continued. Really? Mm-hmm. Or an opinion to... <laughs> was it ever, ever explained... Um, cause I just, I remember thinking at one point during this episode that like, um, because Clyde in an earlier episode had had that connection with the TARDIS, I wonder if he could have been opened the door by just touching the TARDIS, if the door would have opened for him. And it was like, oh, it's too bad that Shanshi didn't know that. They right. could have just had Clyde, grabbed Clyde and had him open the door. And then that made me think, is that why the doctor was able to use Clyde as a conduit into... The Archon energy. Okay, Okay. oh, so that was explained. That was the whole reason why, yeah. Oh, so that's what the Archon energy was. I remember you reading that, but I didn't know what what it was. I'm also assuming, which or deducing, and I want to be sure everyone else is on the same page, that the Doctor has been trying to do that for a while. So that's why the Ark hit him on the car. Mm -hmm. You know, that was the Doctor's attempt to switch places with him. I didn't catch that. I just thought it was residual. Now, finally, okay, now I have enough power, I've built this up, now I can transfer to it. Ah, That's how I saw it, and I just wanted to know. 
these two episodes, or I guess the last episode, also marks the only appearance of the original master, Roger Delgado, in the Sarah Jane Adventures because of Joe's memories and the only time that William Hartnell and Patrick Troughton appear in the show as the first two doctors. This uh, story was also the last to feature Sarah Jane and the doctor together on screen. The other ones that we didn't mention for the cast members here are Tommy Knight plays Luke Smith, Matt Smith plays the doctor, Ace Bahati plays Harish Chandra, which is Ronnie's dad, Alexander Armstrong is Mr. Smith, the computer, Lila Rouse plays Colonel Karam, we mentioned Jimmy V playing the Grosk, Philip Hurd Wood is a Grosk voice, Paul Casey, who's normally in Doctor Who, is uh, playing the Shan Sheath, and Ruari Mears is also playing a Shan Sheath. Then for the voices, we have David Bradley playing Shan Sheath Blue, who did uh, Walder Frey in Game of Thrones, and Harry Potter, he was the ground Filch. Filch. And he also played the first Doctor in upcoming episodes. And then in flashbacks, I'm just going to go through the ones that we might know. Tom Baker plays the Doctor. David Tennant plays the Doctor. John Pertwee plays the Doctor. William Hartnell plays the Doctor. Patrick Troughton plays the Doctor. And then we get Yasmin Page plays Maria Jackson. Roger Delgado plays the Master. Nigel Havers plays Peter Dalton, the man that Sarah Jane was going to marry. Nicholas Courtney plays the Brigadier. Ian Martyr plays Harry Sullivan. Billy Piper plays Rose Tyler. There's a lot of flashbacks. So that wraps up Sarah Jane Adventures, Death of the Doctor. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time when the future becomes the present. You've just listened to an episode of Who Knew? Our wonderful theme music is by Michael Grady. Find him on Facebook at The Universe Explodes. All our episodes are engineered by Auburn. You can find him at auburnbinkley.com. You can also find this show in several places. Follow us on Twitter at Who Knew Podcast. Subscribe, review, and listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash whonewpodcast. All our episodes are on whonewpodcast.com. Visit our Facebook page. Please leave comments, reviews, and click like to help support Who New Podcast. To listen to our show on your Amazon Echo device, enable the AnyPod podcast skill. Ask AnyPod to play the Who New Podcast. This podcast is inspired by Doctor Who. The longest-running sci-fi show in history. And especially the revival, spearheaded by Russell T. Davis. Thanks to Russell, Sidney Newman, Verity Lambert, Ron Grainer, Delia Derbyshire, and all those involved in the adventures of our favorite Time Lord. Your work continues to inspire and entertain. 